Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. And on today's episode, we had Dwayne Franklin Jr. come and talk, and uh, it was a great episode. Um, he is a career firefighter, um, also the owner of Franklin Firearms. Um, we talked about a lot of stuff, mental health, um, you know, firearm safety, all kinds of stuff. It was a great episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, so like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, but here you go, the Washdown Podcast with special guest DJ Franklin. Stupid shit. Sometimes it gets picked up, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I mean I'm good with answering questions, but I'm I'm not good with just making up stuff. Like like just right just talking. Yeah, you know, yeah, just talking. So if you guys want to ask me questions, I can answer them, then we're good to go. You know? Okay. So Well, we keep this very much like the uh like the kitchen table. Okay. Like the firehouse. Yeah. So it's a conversation. It's not really an interview okay. per se. Okay. I mean, obviously we'll have questions for you, mm-hmm. but I mean, they'll just come up in the nor- course of conversation. Right. So, Sounds good. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, we'll just have you introduce yourself and, you know, welcome to the show, DJ. Right. <laughs> so, am I, so when I introduce myself, am I talking about like just about myself or? Well, you know, I mean. Just my name. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Sure. Uh, like what? What you do? Uh, yeah. yeah. I think get the carrot and kind of lead them a little bit. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, <laughs> and by carrot, I mean ammo. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Here's your target. <laughs> right. There you go. See. Yep. That's it. So no, I mean, so obviously, Dwayne Franklin Jr. Yep. You go by DJ. Mm-hmm. You're on the fire department. Right. Also, a business owner. A business yep. owner. All right. One, two, three, go. All right. That's cool. <laughs> I'm noticing my voice down there and it's not hitting that range. So uh it it'll probably be okay. All right. Um so yeah, we'll just go and see. You can move it down, just move your mic down just a little bit because you're kinda there you go. Sorry. COVID. COVID. Well. I heard that you were sitting by um Hicks. <laughs> Hicks was Hicks was sick with COVID now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he did cough on me. We shared, right. we shared donuts and some, some drinks. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, uh, maybe I shouldn't do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not, so I was worried about that, too. I mean, I'm not, I don't care about getting it. Yeah. But I was like, son of a bitch. Right. But I don't, I don't, it's not that I want to get sick. I'm just not going to run from it. Right. And like, I haven't had a symptom. I haven't felt, and neither has my wife. So. Right. I was like, whatever, I think we're good. Yeah. I've had it like 17 times, so whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the record too. holder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the record holder for COVID. <laughs> That's, uh... It's probably a thing, though. Yeah. It's probably in the Guinness <laughs> Book of Records probably, so far. Yeah. As... Probably. Well, the, so. the last time I had it, it was a sin- I didn't even realize I had it. I had a sinus infection, and it was a friend of ours had it, and she was at the house. I'm like, ah, we'll go get tested just in case. And I think somebody on the job maybe get tested and it came back positive. I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Cause I, I wasn't, not that, it's not that I was sick and it's not like I've never had a science infection before. Yeah. So. Well, the, the problem is it like every symptom can be COVID. Yeah. You know, right. you, runny nose, scratchy mm-hmm. throat, you know, like, I mean, the big thing is if you lose your sense of taste and smell. Right. right. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh shit. Okay. I know what this is. Right. Cause that doesn't typically happen. But yeah, I mean, if you're prone to sinus infections, which or, I am, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all three of us sitting here, right? Are, yeah, you know. Well, well, the best part was so we worked, and then the next day 
it, it rained overnight. <laughs> so I woke <laughs> up and I was stuffy and I had, had to all had like, I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Really? So I took an allergy pill and I was like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. So it cleared up. But when it rains like that, after being dry, you're going to get. Yeah. So I went over. Don't worry, man. I'm good. All right. All right. It's all right. <laughs> Mine is cold bunk rooms. So cold bunk rooms yeah. give me stuffy nose and everything like that. Yeah. Through COVID, I thought I had COVID every single week. <laughs> and, and a couple, I did have COVID a couple times, but <laughs> it just, yeah. It's like every shift. I every got shift, I'm like, oh, man, I'm sneezing, coughing, runny nose, hawking up stuff. But I did have an infection. At the first time I had COVID, mm-hmm. I had an infection for two years straight. The doctors finally called it. That's why I had surgery, and I was off for yeah. two months, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They got the infection out, um, and yeah, they said I had it for two years Ooh. in my nasal cavity. That's so, a lot of antibiotics. It was. I took six rounds mm-hmm. over a two-year period. Did you, did you take different ones, too? Uh, yes. I took two, uh, two different ones. I couldn't take the one that was supposed to work because yeah. I'm allergic to it. I took that, I took that once. Found out I was allergic to it, <laughs> and they never prescribed again. So, <laughs> yeah, Ugh. problem yeah. solved. Yeah. New problem starts. So, right, my esophagus yeah. swelled up. I, I, can yes. I can fix that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, I bet you feel a lot better now, though. Oh, uh, I do. I do. I, I mean, I still have some mucus, but I'm I'm, I'm pretty yeah. well off. So, yeah. surgery seemed to help too. The surgery sucked, but the surgery. I could breathe a lot better, I should yeah. say. I mean, my nose has stopped up for mm, two years straight. So both both nostrils, basically. So Passed. That, yeah. It sucked. I don't, I don't want that. My nostrils have been stopped up for like 10 years. Mm. <laughs> well, you, you notice his nose sits off center. Yeah. Part, it, well, you, know. you know. It happens when it, get, it gets broken. Yeah. You know? It's probably it's been broken before. Several, yeah, so I've that's lost what, yeah. count of yeah, how many yeah. times. <laughs> so I had, I had a deviated nose septum also. So they went in and they actually broke the cartilage and bone to open it back up again, so I could breathe. That's, so, that's what my wife had. Yeah, that was fun to watch them take the little strips they put on the inside out. Yeah, because they had she had like one stitch on each side of the, of the septum, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "Oh, right, we're just gonna pull it out," and this long fucking. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. yeah, like I wasn't ready for how long and thick that piece of plastic was. Yeah, they I'm, stick it way up there. It was on both sides. Yeah, I'll, I'll just deal with it. it I'll sucks. breathe out of one nostril, and it's, it's a horrible process. If you, if you listen, he'll start whistling. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. If you want to cut off my ear, you just close one nostril, and all it takes is a piece of cotton. Yep, a tampon. Just one. <laughs> You know, oddly enough, though, as many times as my nose has been broken, it really doesn't bleed whenever it gets broke. Mm. It's just—it's weird. It did the first time. Yeah, I got hit in the face with a medicine ball whenever I was like fourteen. Yeah, and it bled a little bit then, but doesn't really bleed. Hmm. It gets broken. It's just oh hey, it's fucking broke again. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta dodge, man. When people throw a punch, you gotta right. you, gotta, you gotta move the head. I you don't know, bob and weave. I don't know the five D's of dodgeball. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And I'm not great at dodging wrenches. I found right. that out working on my Jeep. <laughs> it bounced off the ground, didn't it? No, you it threw it on the ground being mad. Straight off of my face. <laughs> right. I, no. So this is a, actually, it's a pretty hilarious story. And my nose did bleed a lot this time. Um, I was up underneath my old, I had a 95 YJ, and I was changing out the rear bumper. And I was at the station. So I had all but like one, two bolts out. 
and I get the socket on this thing and I'm fucking pulling on it, pulling on it. And I can't get like a good angle. So I'm finally like laying and I've got it and I'm pulling down. Well, the socket, the nut was rounded or something. I don't know. It was a 95 YJ. So it was like 20 years old. (laughs) Well, the socket slides right off of that, but comes down and hits me Mm. right square in the nose. And I knew immediately that that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The pain. (laughs) Yeah. The pain was, uh, you know, my, my eyes teared up and I like set up and my captain at the time was sitting on the couch Mm. watching me do all this. And he's like, Oh, and so I just stood up and just, it started fucking bleeding pretty good and I pinched it off and it, pretty much stopped but yeah i sat there with an ice pack on my face for probably about two hours <laughs> <laughs> and you and you was at the station at yep. that, so oh, I was at work, yeah <laughs> like, about five minutes after i'm sitting there with an ice pack on my face and a call comes in and i get up and i'm walking towards the rig like this and he goes where are you going <laughs> going on a call right. <laughs> he's like sit your ass down dumb dumb yeah i'd have made you go yeah that's punishment (laughs) break the rules you gotta suffer the consequences yeah it's cause and effect man it just it yeah not not smart but it happens it happens yeah it happens so dj yes we found out like five minutes ago that you're like this mental health guru oh no oh no 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 not me no I mean, I, I've been on a lot of podcasts talking about mental health because I went through a lot of stuff when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, with like anger issues and stuff like that. And then when I grew, grew older, I should say, um, got on the fire department and um, went through a lot of stuff, I should say, with like my ex-wife and all that stuff on the department um, while I was on the department. And then um, just stuff that I realized I, I wasn't ready for. I got on young and saw some things early on, on, on in my career that kind of like, I wouldn't say traumatized me, but kind of just stuck with me. Yeah. And it's just, okay. It, right. It traumatized right. me. Right. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you don't have to sugarcoat it. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's, it stuck with me just, just being, just being raised, you know, by my dad, being raised as a man, you can't show fear, can't show weakness and stuff like that. Just being taught to be a man. Yeah. I held all that stuff in for years. Well, and I think it's important to let everybody know you're second generation yes right well, it, well a lot well my i have um so uh i had chiefs on the job those were my family members everything so it was just yeah. uh, before my dad got on the job uh lester franklin uh chief friends that's my family also uh so both of the, the oh, you're anyway sorry so anyway so you have a lot of family. i have a lot of fr- uh, family that, that's firemen um that i found out you know um and then it was me and my dad. So yes, I'm it's second generation for me and my dad, but then I have cousins and uncles. Yeah. That's on the job also. Yeah. So, your dad taught our academy class. Did you know that? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So he was the lead instructor. <laughs> One more again. One more, One more again. again. That's what I, I, I heard about that. <laughs> One more not again. not by him, but but by people. And I yeah. asked him, and he was like, "Yeah, that, that was one of the things I said." You know, just yeah. So every, it's, every day, nineteen years later, it's yeah. still one more again. <laughs> <laughs> know your shit and throw a ladder. Yep. Yep. So yep. that was another of our instructors. Yeah. I still don't know what that means. I think it's a truck thing. 
Yeah, I don't know. So my dad was a truckman. So most of his career, he was a truckman. Then mm-hmm. he switched over to be a pumperman, which I don't understand that. But you know, I was, uh, yeah, that I don't. At the end, that didn't, didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't make sense for. Yeah, he, maybe he just needed to change. Well, I guess he was like kind of a little wishy washy because he was. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what companies he was on, but yeah, he he started off up north, like his first like year or something like that, and then. Yeah. He, he moved to other stations, but yeah, he was he was he was a truckman more than he was a pumperman, I should mm-hmm. say. Until he made captain. So when he was a fireman, he was always a truckman and then he made captain and then went to the pumper. Went, went to pumper and yeah, it stayed on it, pumper for the rest of the yeah. pumper. Yeah. Well, it's hard, hard to get a truck spot as a captain. There's very limited spots. I, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Pumpers are easy. They're yeah. a dime a dozen. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun. Mm, not funner than being on a truck. Yeah. Second that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know so he doesn't fire though, right? He's watching he, them young guys. Second that line's dropped, he's just, he just he grabs it and he starts smiling. So I, so I, I, I have done that before. I've watched it. I was like, I have done it before because it's fun. It is yeah. fun getting the line because I don't get to do it often. But it's not it's, it's not funner than being on the roof, chopping holes, searching for people. Just I don't know. It's like hide and go seek sometimes. You know, you just go in there and <laughs> you're, it's, it's like a game. You know, you go in there and you, you, you're blind. It's dark and you just you just have you're, fun. You, with you it, ever so. go and play have... Marco Polo? Huh? Just yell at Marco, see what happens. <laughs> well, I've never said I've never said never said Marco before, but I have said other things. But yeah. I am so doing that next yeah. fire. That's uh, you know you never know. I've never heard it described as hide and go seek. I before. guarantee you, you will hear me say that in the next fire. Okay, <laughs> like what? oh, that must be front. Yeah. I, hope, I hope I'm there. Must be DJ up there. <laughs> we'll be on the line. I'll hear it. I'll start giggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you got to worry if somebody answers back. Polo, right? Uh, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So you can tell by the sound of the voice if it's muffled. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So. Did you, uh, whenever you started going through everything, how long did it take you to, like, realize it and um, start making a change? It took me, let's see, um, it all started with me going through my divorce, and I just found that I was drinking a lot. You know, didn't know, I thought I was just hanging out with friends, you know, mm-hmm. but I started drinking a lot, hanging out with friends, started getting into bar fights, started getting fighting people being overly aggressive, you know, and I, it was after my, actually my family member got murdered and, um, I kind of sat there and I realized that, uh, like, like life was too short and two, uh, I had one of my friends come to me. He was like, Hey, you going down this bad road, which is also a good friend of my own fire department. And he was like, man, I just noticed that you've been drinking like every single day going through, you know, going through some emotional stuff and every time we go out <laughs> before the night's over with you're balling telling me all this this crap you know this about your life and what you went through and this 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 and i was like man i don't i i woke up one morning i was like i don't want to wake up another morning having to say sorry to anyone you know i didn't want to apologize have to apologize and say i'm sorry i did this or sorry i did that or wonder if i'm gonna be on the news being oh I got to watch the news this morning, Steve. I'm, I'm a part of something that happened last night. That's what kind of had me want to change. So I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking hard liquor. Um, and I think it's going on eight years now that I haven't drank any hard liquor or anything. So um, it was rough, though. There was a lot of nights where I wanted to fall back into drinking hard liquor because I'm like, I know it's fun and it's going to take the pain away and, you know, 
I, I just really didn't care at the time that I was doing it. But then I found out that it was it was hurting my friends and my family around me. And then when, when people don't want to spend time with you and hang out with you and you know why, that, that helps change you also. Well, helps change some people. So Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do? Like, um, did you go to therapy? Like I started talking to other people outside my friend and family. So another uh, a good friend of mine that's on the fire department also, he – is on a, like a committee that helps, uh, or he's a part of a team of guys that help uh, people with emotional and um, kind of like PTSD, um, and um, so like a peer support group, basically yeah. like a peer support support group. And um, he was with me all the time. Like actually, he was actually one of my drinking buddies, but <laughs> <laughs> but but he knew how to control at the time. My thing, I did not know how to do that. Right. You know, so I drank until I basically passed out you know and um just got with him and we 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 sat down every basically every day we was off we hung out and we just talked he was like you need to let this out you know being a man you 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 don't have to hold stuff in you don't have to um hide emotions you don't have to hide your tears you don't have to do any of that stuff everything they taught us growing up is not true you know you can be um yourself you can you can you could be emotional if you want to let just let it out you know so anyway they he, he taught me that you know and i and i i still use it today like if i need to let it out I let it out i don't hold it in for months years or whatever like that i just let it out and it helps so yeah, yeah. it's it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to be human yeah you know so, the strong silent type is a that's a movie trope yeah yeah <laughs> you know but it's tough though <laughs> yeah. especially like men pass it down like i i i remember passing it down to my son growing up and now that he's he's just like me he's exactly like me now and now i'm going back basically i'm contradicting myself saying hey son you don't have to be this way and knowing that i talked that to him growing up you know not to cry not to show weakness not to Always be the hardest. Always be, be the strongest. Be the fastest. Be the you know everything. You know, so it just yeah, you know, it's something that we have to change in our um just our upbringing. You know, or just you know just in our this just community. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely needs to change in society. Yeah. And I think there's a there's a balance there. Yeah. I mean, you do. There are times whenever. You need to be hard. That's true. You know? Yeah. So you can't just always fall on emotion, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you can't just block everything out. Yeah. And I think our, the way the fire department is, the way the police department is, the way that our military is, it's like a microcosm of that, of mm-hmm. we have a job to do, we have to do the job, and, you know, we can't fall apart while we're doing the job. When we get done with the job, then... You know, that's the time to process everything and right. all that. And, and I'm not saying, like, after your career. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, after the specific call, yeah. <laughs> sit down and deal with it. Yeah. Don't wait. And it's, it's, it's still hard, though. It's still hard yeah. sitting around your friends that, that look up to you or your or, or people that's, that's young in the station when you have time on. And it's hard to be open, you know, because they might see you a different in a different way. And, and I get that. And that's something that I worried about kind of at the beginning, whenever I went through all my stuff was what's everybody going to think of me mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. But the thing is, if you don't sit down and have those conversations and don't show them that it's okay to have those conversations and be bothered by some of that stuff that, and you can get through it, right. you know, like, yes, it's a hundred percent human to get bothered by this. What mm-hmm. we just saw is f- fucking terrible. You're right. 
and we're going to talk about it and then move on. But if you do the, oh, don't talk about it, you know, you don't address it, just kind of bury it and all that stuff, you're just reinforcing that stigma you're right. and, and teaching that pattern to the younger people yeah, coming in. I agree. So It's definitely just changing the culture, and it's not just <clears throat> our culture as firefighters or police officers, military, but men mm-hmm. in general. True. <clears throat> and having that bleed over into the, the female culture. Because even, like, you watch a lot of podcasts, or if you watch, you can watch videos on TikTok if you want. No. And a lot of them. I'm good. There's a lot of clips. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, women saying that they want the man who is strong and doesn't get emotional. You know, your stereotypical male of what we've been, what Hollywood's been pushing for 50 years. That's just not reality. Because men are going to break. Eventually, and when they break, right. it's well, see, not a good day for anybody. Right, when they snap. That's true. Yeah. But see, and I haven't seen that. Like even like all the Instagram stuff and all that stuff, and the just typical general narrative is they don't want men to be. There's a lot men to do because then it's they're toxically masculine. Here's the thing so, about the culture now. You know that's going <laughs> on. As men, we have to stand up and we have to teach our own sons and stuff like that to be what we know we should be, you know? Yeah. A lot of this stuff comes from, like, the men that's growing up now that's kind of, I'm just going to say it's soft, I should say, like soft-ish, mm-hmm. are men that, that they got raised by their moms and their moms only. They didn't have any male role model there to teach them, hey, this is how you handle these things. Hey, this is how, like, I, there's so many times where, like, I grew up with, like, my, my family members, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's one family member that, that's raised by his mom and all that stuff. And he's more um, used to, like, arguing, fussing, and fighting. And, and he don't care if it's a woman. He don't care if it's a man. He'll he'll get loud, fuss, fight, all that stuff, get into it with his teachers, whatever it may be. But that's how he was raised because of he was raised by, by a woman that would probably flip and do the same thing. But you take myself and my brothers that was raised by my mom and my dad. And it was just my, basically, my dad did the discipline. Mm-hmm. My mom was there to basically make sure, you know, cook clean, make sure we was straight and emotionally and all that stuff, get that motherly love. But my dad did all everything else. We didn't do all the arguing, fussing, fighting with people, you know? Yeah. We didn't, we didn't go through, I don't, I don't, I don't argue and fuss and fight as a man. As a man, I'll sit there, let, I'll let you say what you want to say. You go over this point. And then I gotta bust your head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, <laughs> you know. And my thing is that's that's one thing that I had to work on. Also, be, having anger problems growing up is that I was taught by my dad that had anger problems also when he when he was growing up. See, yeah. So just it just, but he learned how to control that and change that around to try to teach me something different. But he still taught yeah. me how to be a man. You got you got to have that, the, and not and I'm, I'm gonna say two parent home. But even if you're not married, you have to have both. You still had to have both as an influence. In yes, your life. you're right. That's true. <clears throat> so, I mean, it, it, it falls on both men and women when there's divorce because usually one is like, I'm going to go. Right. And yeah. then, you know, I went through it. I got my son every other weekend. That mm-hmm. four days a month to start. See, and I want to go. That's not enough to teach him anything or get to spend the time that right. w- that I want. Yeah. I want to go back to a point that you were talking about, you know, that you both made of, you know, how they're kind of soft and then they just snap. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Peterson, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Love Jordan Peterson. 
he talks about that. He goes, you don't like men are supposed to be men capable. You want a man who's capable of extreme violence, violence. Yep. but can control it. Control. Because yeah. the man that is always going to capitulate and always be, you know, that way. Eventually they all get to a point or not all, but eventually those people get to a point where they snap Yeah, because they didn't stand up for themselves. They didn't, you know, they weren't being a man. They were just going with the flow or whatever, because that's what society told them. And then they get to a point where they're just dang. And then that's how we get school shooters and mass shooters. I agree. Cause that's, that is the, and you can look it up. And I don't fucking care if we get fucking another strike. Fuck you, YouTube. Yes. <laughs> Fuck YouTube. Look bleep, at, bleep that out. Bleep that out. <laughs> oh, no, no. Leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> leave it in. Look, look at all of the the mass shootings and the school shootings. The, the individuals that were involved in that stuff, other than the acts of terrorism yeah. that happened, you know, a few years ago, they all have that common denominator in there. Somebody who had an extreme mental health issue who was the quiet person who never did anything, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden they just killed 20 people. I'm not going to disagree. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's kind of messed up because we have, we have the ability to go back to how we used to treat mental illness. We have the ability as United States of America to have our doctors and um, mental health experts have facilities for mental health. We can we can go back to I wouldn't say locking people up, but basically putting people in in, in housing that are mentally ill. We don't have to go back to where they was doing experiments on people and doing this and doing that. That's why they stopped in in the beginning. But I do believe that we need to be able to house Basically, bring back committing people. If a family member knows that, oh, man, he's a little crazy. He's a little cuckoo. We all have family members that say mm, they need to be locked up. And we know yeah. they do, but we can't do that because it's a human rights violation. And yeah. my thing is, we De- know. Definitely, all, definitely a fine line. Yes, but we all there. know who needs to be locked up. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows that in their the, family, uh, but my the thing sanatorium, is um, sanatoriums. Yeah, yes. sanatorium, and yeah. my thing is that's what we need to go back to. If they, it's not about gun, it's not about our gun laws and all that stuff. My thing is we have gun laws. Criminals don't care about gun laws. <gasps> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what? So my thing is if you if you make it where people can, you say, okay. Let's say it's my let's say it's my daughter or my son that I know that is crazy or cuckoo or whack or something like that wacko and like they need mental help i'm taking them getting help taking them get help but these these doctors and these psychiatrists i feel like they have quotation marks around them yes (laughs) yes they're literally babying them oh it's okay well you've been through this and they're telling them all the horrible stuff they want to do to people and they're just saying oh we, we could get through this let's talk through this and they still go off and murder people yeah, it's, they're it's not. The, it's not your fault. They don't take responsibility yeah, exactly. for anything. And then they're going to push med- medication on them. So basically, once they yeah. stop their medication or miss their medication, like we all do, we don't. There's people out there that miss their medication frequently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, we run them on a frequent and basis. We, we run them all the time. <laughs> and th- that's the point is, if you bring back where they're actually in a facility, 
and they actually get in their dose and stuff and they don't have access to weapons inside their house or knives or vehicles or anything blunt force objects because it's just not firearms that's doing it it's anything to get their hands on mm-hmm. to do the destruction they feel at that time so my thing is if you bring back the facilities to house these people it's, it's yes it's going to be against their will because they think they're fine but they're not and that's the problem but we're babying the people that are hurting the society so that's yeah. just my take on it well and we're also doing them a disservice yes because we're allowing them i mean what's the homeless population it, it's exploded right and what do we see whenever we run homeless people a lot of mental health issues that's a lot a lot a lot and yes. they're off their meds. They're, I mean, that's they can't no... Get, they can't get their meds. They can't afford them. Yeah. And they need somewhere to go. But they self-medicate, too. Yes. Yeah. Which so is That's a, when you see the crack, the cocaine, mm-hmm. the PCP. The alcohol. Know, the alcohol. I mean, I was going to the big ones. Yeah. Alcohol's a given. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You would think that, but a lot of people don't don't look at it that way. They don't look at alcoholics as self-medicating... That's exactly. To, but that's numb, numb, numbing the pain. Yep. Yeah. Numbing the pain. That's what I, I used to self medicate with. Yeah. I mean, me I too. I don't smoke weed. I don't. I don't do drugs or anything like that. It was alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So same. I mean, I think I think we've all had our bout with alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm still dealing with mine. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm over no, it. Though. I, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I just like I I do agree with Chris that it's a it's a fine line and it's a tricky situation yeah. and. It's getting, it, it's kind of like we were talking about, I can't remember who I was talking about it with the other day at the station, but we were talking about changes that needed to happen within mm-hmm. the fire service. And this is one of those things where, you know, as a society at whole, one person isn't going to be able to make this change. You have to have multiple people all at the same time in positions of influence, p- influence power, whatever, who are going to not be afraid to make this decision and the society in general has to come around to support it. I agree. Well, you know, a lot like, and then you look at the mental health issue. So you want to bring those places back. Where's the funding come from? Cause it's been destroyed. It's been slashed to where there's nothing there. I mean, I, I remember taking people right to, uh, one of the places we used to have where you could skip the ER and go over, if they met the certain criteria, dude, and I then get, that's changed. We have to get to the ER. I, I'm going to stop you right there. Everybody wants to talk about funding for everything. We pay so much taxes. Yes, in this country, I'm not disagreeing and we get with ta- that. Like weed is now legal in most states. That gets taxed. Gambling is now legal in most states. That gets taxed. Supposedly, all this stuff is going to our education system. Really, education really sucks right now. Yes. Our education I'm not sucks. With Our any of that. roads are getting worse and worse and worse. Like, I mean, we're yeah, supposedly it, getting all this tax money and it's not getting spent. Or we're sending 20 fucking billion dollars trillion, to Ukraine. Trillions. 20 trillion. They're, they're in the trillions now. In the trillions to Ukraine. To Ukraine. So, I, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. <laughs> and we have homeless. Yeah. Homeless people out there. But, but, but if you're going to you know, bring it to the table. So you want people that have influence and power to make the change. Mm-hmm. That's the very first question they're going to ask. Where's the money come from? So you better have a plan in place. My question is, where did all your money come from, Senator? <laughs> oh, there is that. <laughs> it, it's, it's called insider trading <laughs> and lobbying. Right. So, but no, or, or, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's very... Tat. 
Tip for tat. That's yeah. definitely what quid pro quo is yeah. what old Joe did. It, it's very fucking simple. Like we stop spending money on the bullshit that we shouldn't be spending money on as a country anyway, and we start focusing on our people. It's the same thing we need to do with our first responders, our our fire departments, our police departments. Start investing back into your people. Stop buying this newest, latest fucking gadget that is fucking ridiculous and nobody needs anyway. And spending money on dumb shit. Invest it back into your people, into a mental health wellness program, into a fitness program. I mean, get the fuck out of here. How many firefighters do you guys know that after one fire... And I'm not even talking about like it's 110 outside and, you know, it's an ass kicker and they come out and everybody, everybody smoked after that fire. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the it's 50 degrees, it's nice outside, and it's a little room and contents and you got dudes falling out. Yeah. That's a fucking issue. Yes, it is. Yeah. So why aren't we addressing that? Like it is cheaper to retain people with being a little bit preventative with our physical fitness and our mental health wellness than it is to pay for people to go to inpatient treatment programs, pay for people to be off on modified duty because of injuries that happened because they were out of shape or because, oh, well, you got a cardiac issue now. Well, shit, I wonder why. what you're looking at me like i just like pissed in your cheerios <laughs> did i get on a soapbox there for a second i was just waiting for you to be done okay i'm done go for it i've got nothing to say oh, i don't <laughs> give a shit <laughs> what do you mean you don't give a shit what people choose to do they choose to do now do i think those programs should be available They should be available and encouraged. Definitely encouraged. But I've seen some of the oldest, fattest people outwork everybody, and they go to another fire and outwork everybody again. That's me. I, I, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with you. I've seen that as well. I've always seen the most in shape person I've laid out seen, in the, and laid out, out in the yeah, front yard. Yeah. And they're like, "Fuck you, doing man?" Yeah. Just smoke, well, smoke could be, and so, and that's not just. And that's every, I've seen plenty of videos on YouTube with them. Like, yeah. Like, Hey man, it's, it's still going. You check a new bottle. Let's go. Yeah. Some of that is inexperience. Some of it is they look good on the outside, but they're not really in shape or their fitness came out of a fucking bottle. I mean, you can't just go by looks. I'm talking about actually being in shape, being conditioned, being conditioned. Cause what between being conditioned for it yeah. and just being in shape. Cause my thing is being. Let's say taking a truckman, you could take a in shape pumperman and put them in through doing what truckmen do every 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 shift or every fire, and they can't do it because they're not conditioned for that action. Yeah, they don't. They're using different muscles now that they don't, they don't use pulling a hose line. <laughs> it, in. it definitely works the other way, you know. So and yeah. it works the other way. Me pulling a hose line in, I'm like, God, this is hard. Yeah, I'm like, wow, this is. But I can pull a ceiling and chop holes all day long. And it's, it's yeah. not just you know? the pulling the line part that's yeah. hard for truckmen. Yeah. It's all those EMS calls. <laughs> yes. Um, you, well, you, now you're talking about brain so power. No, no, my thing is emotional. It's emotional difficulty. It's emotional. You raise a great point, though, DJ, of being 
fit for the task. Yep, be in condition for the, for the yeah. for duty. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. that's different than being in shape. Mm-hmm. If you look like a bodybuilder, but you can't, you don't know how to cut a hole right. Yeah. You're gonna smoke yourself, yeah. or just stay healthy. Period. Most yeah. most of our people that lift weights a lot on the job, they get injured all the time. They're always yeah. off. That's because they're, they're doing dumb shit like CrossFit so, or powerlifting yeah. <laughs> or some bullshit. Like, look, here's the thing: those, those fitness programs, if you want to call them programs, mm-hmm. are not good for firefighters. Yeah. They actually will end up in the long run being a detriment because they're not actions that we use. They're not. Most of them aren't even normal actions that the human body is supposed to be doing anyway. And you can argue with me all fucking day if you want, and to go fuck yourself, I don't care. That's just my opinion on it. I'll back you up on that. Like I said, I, I know plenty of guys that lift, 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 run, 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 and I'm just like CrossFit, and mm-hmm. they're always one. One is bodybuilders. Yeah, bodybuilders are injured on our job. Are injured more than anyone. Mm-hmm. They lift hard. All that, that 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 they have back injuries, shoulder injuries, you know, leg injuries. Mm-hmm. They're always off because of that. Yeah. Does it happen on the job? Maybe. Maybe not. Well, I think they're always off. Now, I don't know about CrossFit. I don't know about a lot of CrossFit guys, but I know a lot of our bodybuilders stay off. Yeah. And it's because they, they beat themselves up always. Yeah. And they're, you they're have just, to rest yeah. and recover. Yeah. So, yes. And the know. type of. And they're too tight. Yeah. They're always tight. Yeah. Like I said, they can how do you, you lift in every single day, but then you want to come and, and have to pull a ceiling or chop a hole and you can't use your, your shoulders or your arms because you, you just, you came to work from a workout. Where you you lift for two hours before you came to, came to work, it yeah. does not work. Or you, know? you got to get down on your hands and knees yeah, and, right. and squeeze somebody out from behind a couch, exactly. or it's, you know, yeah. 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 Flexibility, so. like we have to have such a unique blend of fitness. It's definitely got plyometrics in there, muscle. Um, but you want to build muscle, but you also want it to have. You have to have. I can't think of the word. Muscle endurance. Endurance. Thank you. Yeah, you have to have. A decent amount of strength. You don't have to be huge and strong, like that type of strong. But you need to have a decent amount of strength. You have to have muscle endurance, and your muscles have to be able to work constantly over and over and over again. And you have to be in cardiovascular shape. So basically have a lot of sex, <laughs> um, carry a lot of ammo cases and boxes, <laughs> and swim a lot. There you go. There you go. So basically my routine. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm good. See? Perfect trucker. Definitely, definitely, definitely well rested. Yes, definitely. Well, <laughs> yes, yes, and I eat good too. Yeah. So that those four bowls of ice cream. I I, saw yeah. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have saw the rice krispie treats last night at the oh, station. Oh, don't even get me started, Jeez. man. Rice krispie so, treats with Oreos in them. Man, that sounds delicious. I, I it ate is, too much of them. I I paid for them though. I slept too long. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. I had sleep cramps. <laughs> yeah, I won't tell you about my day. <laughs> Oh. I know about your day. You laid in bed until eight thirty last night, pretty much. See, there you go. I was well, definitely well rested. It was a coiled spring. <laughs> <laughs> when the bells went off, I was like, "Finally, lift assist." I was like, "You gotta be shitting me!" <laughs> oh man, I was working Sunday at our old station mm-hmm. on our old rig, and uh, he was texting me. We were on the way back from a call and. He was like, yeah, you know, be safe or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm at this place. It's easy money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I fucked up. Yeah, I didn't respond to that one. I just giggled. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, pretty funny. No sooner did we get back and eat dinner than it fucking started. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we'd been consistently busy all day, but 
Yeah, it's. I bet we ran it was like that five calls, six Fighter calls, Chronicles. After, yeah, video where <laughs> it was the, the EMS bad. guy just kept hitting the button. <laughs> <laughs> Had like a three car pile up, bunch of lift assists. Like it, it was, yeah. And then one dude. This has got to be one of the most ridiculous lift assists uh, that I've ever been on. We show up at this house, and they don't want us to force entry. So, like, okay, I kind of get that, you know, but how are we supposed to get in, right. you know? So, we're we're, ri- we're ringing the doorbell, and it's like they're just giving us, like, dispatches on the phone with them, and they're, like, piecing out information. Come to find out, the person we were there to pick up is down in the basement. The spouse is asleep upstairs what yeah so we're ringing the doorbell and nobody's getting up right right he obviously ain't getting up to come let us in <laughs> and finally one of the guys takes a stick and he's like banging on the second floor bedroom window yeah. and that finally and i'm like hey you know you got two garage door openers right here like what's the code i don't know I'm like all right <laughs> You still don't want to come down and open the door up. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So then finally, you know, they open the door. We go in, pick the guy up. Cops show up. Like, they should have canceled you guys. You know, that whole thing. But it's like, we were there for a good, I'd say 15 minutes hmm. before they came and opened the door. And, like, I'm talking to dispatch, and I'm like, what are we here for? Moral support? That's about <laughs> like, it. I mean, that's crazy. Oh. I did hear the funniest, uh, one of the funniest radio calls that I've ever heard the other day. It was like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, and there was an ambulance that was out on a call, and they came over and told dispatch that, you know, they didn't have a patient, just somebody overslept on the sidewalk. <laughs> 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 I was like, varsity move, sir, varsity that's move. Hilarious. And I still, I know that guy. Overslept. Yeah. That's, that's good. It happens. Yeah. Sometimes you're in that good deep sleep, you're in that REM cycle just right. <laughs> Traffic's not bothering you. You know what? Whenever. And it, it's been cool in the mornings, too. It was yeah. like 62 when I got in my car this morning. I was like, windows down. That was <laughs> whenever we used to work at that station that we worked at together for such a long time. Um, I used to pass going through this apartment complex to get to the station. And without a doubt. Every Friday and Saturday, same guy yeah. passed out on the sidewalk. That's pretty good. And, <laughs> like, I just, fuck it, I'm going to let him sleep. I ain't waking him up. Right. About every other weekend, we have to go pick him up and tell him to <laughs> walk to his so apartment. He was living his yeah. best life. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Come on, man. Hey. The world was his. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> you know what? In the early mornings, that grass is nice and cool. It's, yeah. it's hard, to, hard to wake up. <sighs> yeah. It's just wonderful. It's like, hey, man, you see that bush over there? Yeah, that looks pretty good, right? Yeah, right. Why don't you go over there? Go hide behind it so <laughs> yeah. people won't call on you, you know? So, so, so when a lot, did you... A lot of people get, like, the homeless that do that. They get mad. Yeah. It's like, look, it's not us, dude. We don't care. Just, you got to hide from people. Right. Because it's, it's called stealth camping these, for a these reason. cell phones, yeah. <laughs> these, these little fucking worst thing ever. Because yeah. every Johnny Do-Gooder mm-hmm. and Joanne Do-Gooder is like, hey, I helped a guy today. No, the fuck you didn't. They want to be left the fuck they alone. They want to be left alone. Matter of fact, if you want to help them, give them more liquor. That's don't, it. Don't do that. Give them more liquor. <laughs> or how about we go back to what you were talking about? <laughs> or, oh, yes. <laughs> Let's build these facilities. Yeah. You know? Actually give them resources to where they're right. not passing out on the sidewalk all the time. I'd rather have my tax money not be tax money, but 
you have so much you have to give to charity of your choice. Uh, see, see, that's the thing though. There's a lot of charities that that they don't use the money for what they should be. No, they use it for. I'm not saying they don't. Look, so, but like the whole that whole thing, I've been around the whole nonprofit thing for a little while, and that is such a can be such a shady world. It is. It's actually for profit because there's people in the nonprofit world world that get paid from because you have your. Um, people that run it, they get paid yeah. from it because it's, it's a job. What's that? So, like? Can any of us go run a nonprofit right now and give it the time it needs and not have a paycheck coming in? No. I mean, you have to. I mean, I they, mean you, yeah. see, you see the problem. But there. they're they're making millions, though. There's no cap no. on it. There's yeah, no, no cap they're, on they're, what they're, you can make. Yeah, you know, and, they make their own pay. And I think, I think if, if we as a society yeah. came together and helped create that, like you had to give people a good living wage. Right. And then the rest of it, you know, but do you need. 40 people to run a, a 20 person ha- room house. No. You know, I definitely think you get, you, you can trim the fat like certain big ones that ring bells all the time. And you look at their, what they spend on salary. You're like, really? But how do you make certain legislation to curve or to combat? That's the question. You know, specific payout for basically specific, I mean, a specific, um, roles i should say you know like how do you say okay well if you're a you're a ceo or cfo or this you know this non you know non uh, profit profit my bad <laughs> <laughs> um like basically how do you how do you do that you know because every That's every every non uh for profit is different yeah. so yeah i think you got to create a standard you know but <clears throat> if they can legislate taxes yeah. the way they do and fuck our wheels off Pretty sure they could do it there, but they're probably getting kickbacks by certain bell ringers to not do that because it's going to hurt their pockets. Yeah, I said what I said. (laughs) I won't give money to them. Yeah. But hey, man, that's your choice. I don't agree, disagree. I don't know anything about it. We try to take stuff one day. You're like, no, we're not going to take that. We don't like the way it looks. I'm like, so you beg us for donations, Mm -hmm. and now you want to turn your nose up at it? Yeah. Like why? Why should I fucking help you? Mm-hmm. I can't recycle it, so that means it has to go in the trash now, which contributes to our. Well, if you recycle growing. it, it just ends up in the ocean anyway. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It, it's a, get shipped overseas and then yeah. in the yeah. ocean. Yeah. So. Or if somebody who conveniently falls off the ship on the right. way to overseas. Oh no, they just they dump it. Yeah, I that's saw why videos. I said. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> the, but yes, you know, so, just just because yeah. you don't like the way something looks doesn't mean DJ's not going to like it. Especially if it's cheap and he needs it. I'm just don't, using you guys as True. an example. I love cheap stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using you guys as an example. But there's plenty of people who don't give a fuck. Well, yeah. So now I'm just going to throw it away when it could be used by somebody else. True. And because you're a stuck-up snot fuck stick. I didn't know where I was going with that. Yeah, I was wondering. Hold on. I don't think that's going to catch on. Sound like something from like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, like, I had like 17 things in my head. That's kind of where I went. <laughs> so now some, so somebody's out, out whatever it is somebody brings in because you're a fucking prude. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Why should I help you help other people? When I, I'll just put it on the, on the corner and be like, hey, man, free. Whoever wants it, it's yeah. yours. Somebody gonna take it. Yep, I'm good with that. Yeah. Outside of a certain station, we had a magic corner. You, 
I brought a couch in, sat in the corner, 15 minutes, gone. Yeah. It was great. It sucked having to load it up and bring it down, but somebody's using the couch. Yeah. I, I'd used it. I got my money's worth out of it, and now it's on to somebody else who needs it. Yeah. And there's no third party in there making a fucking dime. Yeah. Or in their case, a $10 bill. Well, we take donations at my business um, for <laughs> for for basically um, everything for, like, winter stuff. So we don't turn down anything. So from clothes, shoes, I don't care how rough they beat up. My fiance, she cleans all the shoes up. So my thing, she sits right there with a bucket of water, soap, you know, everything like that, toothbrush, scrub brush, and she cleans all the shoes up to give to, to needy people. So that's, that's in need. So, um we take everything. We don't throw anything away. We got clothes, shoes, games that's missing pieces. It doesn't matter. We are taking toys for kids. Everything. So oh, we keep it right. And we, we keep it right there the uh, at the shop. So we have an actual area in the back of our shop that we keep all the donations. And we when we first started when we first opened up, I think for two weekends in a row, um, that's all we did was just give out tons of stuff from clothes shoes everything it was, it was close to christmas so we did a lot of clue, uh, shoe, uh shoes clothes toys uh we did a lot of blankets and we did a chili cook-off because that was like last year was like the harshest winter we had in a long time mm-hmm. it was like 20 below zero and we did uh chili uh we, we get we did we did like chili and uh hot cocoa so we set up 10 outside, and that's all we did. We fed them all day long. And for Good two for weeks you, in man. Row. That's so, awesome. And we plan on doing it this year again, too. So all all winter long. We should have done that a month ago. Yeah, so any, 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 so any comforters. And we have gave a, away, I guess. There's a lot, away. a lot of homeless people um, in that part of town where my shop is, mm-hmm. where we, I mean, we, we service a lot of people out there. So any type of donations, you know, I don't know if I can – Put it out there, yeah. But, put it out yeah, there. It's your any, business, any donations man. is um, it's right at um, 137 uh, 100 uh, East 40 Highway in, in Independence, Missouri. And we take all donations, uh, it's basically Franklin Firearms and we everything, yeah. So, uh, text me a link to your website, I'll put okay. that on the show notes Definitely. and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, so so and it's every weekend. So, every Saturday, we have from the beginning of winter to the end of winter. We give out all this stuff. So, so if I bring in a pair of old shoes, can I treat it for like a um, box of ammo? Um, well, it's, <laughs> that's not really called a donation. Then um, <laughs> we, we don't trade uh, right, ammo two, for shoes. Two so. pairs of shoes for a box of ammo. Come on, that's fair. <laughs> we'll throw your name in a drawing for a free gun. There you go. <laughs> that's not so, bad. So right? for every shoe, I get one one mm. name. Right? I get to put one ticket in. Uh, no, for every pair of shoes, you know. Why, we, why we, does it feel like yeah, you're always trying to work an yeah, angle? Yeah, right, right. So we might do that. This hey, man, we're we talking free firearm here. I don't know. So, I'm gonna work that so usually people just donate because it's you know part of their heart, you know. <laughs> but but we might encourage people this year to donate more by giving away like a free you know firearm for self defense. I used to I used to have they, a bigger heart than I do yeah. now. I'll be honest. So I, my my heart it's definitely changed. Yeah, and I you know. I do believe it's the job that we do and seeing what we see. It can definitely make you jaded. I'm like, no. So I had a part-time job one time and we're working and I was with a guy who who grew up in the country. Big heart. Like, I think it's great. He's like, hey man, I'm gonna give this guy my sandwich. I'm like, he don't want it. He's like, yeah, he does. His science is like, he's hungry. I'm like, he wants your money to go buy booze. No, I'm gonna give him my lunch. Okay. Rose's window down. Say, hey, man, I got some food for you. Gave him, got through the sandwich at him. 
Wow. I was like, what'd I tell you? He wants booze money. He wants to drink. It just happened to be that it was somebody that we had run a whole bunch, so it's not like I didn't know him. I <laughs> right. knew who the guy was. <laughs> I was like, that's and that's one of the reasons. And I, you know, but you see it a lot, and now you start lumping everybody in that in that group that way. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's what happens. Yeah, and I think that's something you need to guard against. But mm-hmm. I, but I but I still donate and you know try and yeah. help where I can. So why did you, or what got you into? firearms and then starting a a business with firearms oh it was um america yeah america that's why america it was my dad um got into firearms because uh we we always had like little toy guns around the house and stuff like that uh growing up and um i remember um so my family of course just like a lot of americans participate in new year's eve uh-huh. When people shoot off, right? So, um, uh, I used to do it when I was, I haven't done it in years and all that stuff because of, you know, just the safety concerns and all that stuff. And I'm a business owner now. And I know what goes up must come must down. Must come down. Even though Mythbusters said something different, you know, <laughs> I watched the episode of Mythbusters that said that it does not have enough energy, okay, like foot pounds of energy to actually kill someone when that bullet comes back down. If it's if if it's shot straight up in the air, if it's shot straight up in the air and comes right back down, it does not. When it's angled, it's different though. So if you shoot a firearm angle at an angle, it still has the trajectory and the foot pounds energy, you know, to actually kill someone. So it's about the where you anyway. It's not safe. <laughs> like that. Don't do it. Okay. So <laughs> all right. So but um anyway. So it was after New Year's basically. Um. We had little toy cap guns and stuff. It was New Year's Day. My grandmother had came over, and it was like 6 o'clock in the morning. Doorbell rang, and um, it was my grandma. She handed my dad something that looked like my toy cap gun. So he put it in his pocket, and he started walking down the hallway, and I'm like, what? That's my toy, you know? And I ran over there, and I grabbed it, put my hand in his pocket and grabbed it. Well, one, I got my butt beat. Two, he was like, you never touch a, you know, a gun, you know. I'm like, what? It's my toy. And he was like, no, this is, that was a real firearm. That's what kind of got me interested in, like, I was like, ooh, that was a real one, you know. About, i say about four years later, five years later, he started letting us shoot on New Year's with him. We, we shot shotguns off. Not handguns, but just shotguns. And um, uh, it was, like, the best thing ever. And then I got into ROTC. And start shooting ROTC, and I just loved it, you know. And um, just got into firearms. I wanted to go to the military, but got stopped, you know. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I love something about firearms that I just it, I can't explain, you know. Uh, so I, I kind of went to uh, the stream of training, you know, getting my own shop, uh, getting my own license to sell. Uh, build, basically manufacture uh, firearms, um, everything. So it's a, it's a, it's a real big passion of mine. So and I I think safety is more important than anything. But uh, firearms are my love. So yep, yep. That's it. Yep. That's how I got into it. <laughs> so. Well, most people that get into firearms don't don't turn it into a business, <laughs> right? It just—I mean—the passion was really, really serious, like deep. Like you could ask anyone that's been around me in the fire station for years, from 
the time I was 21 all the way until um, now. Well, I think I think it stopped once I opened my shop up. So about um, now until I mean then until 2019 ish when I started my my gun business. Every day, every day at the station, I was on my phone in a corner somewhere. I didn't talk to people. I didn't do anything. Only I did was look at gun videos. I researched prices. I I wanted to be a gun consultant first. I wanted to help people buy guns because I thought I didn't have enough capital, I should say, to um, to start your to own start business. my own business. Yeah. I didn't know how easy it was to actually start a business. It was, I mean, it was a, it was it was a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. It was years of state saving up, but. Uh, luckily, I had stocks and I had, you know, uh, retirement funds that I used to start my business. But um, I literally enjoyed looking at people's faces or hearing people. Hey, man, I took my gun to the range and, you know, my firearm, it worked perfectly and this and that. So it just it was something I liked doing. And then once I started training with these people, they they start coming out with me. And say, hey, can you show me how to shoot? And I'm teaching people to shoot, taking them from novice to at least like. You know, above, you know, beginner level, you know, it was just it was something that I, I enjoyed doing and knowing that I help people uh, prepare to pre- protect their family at all costs. So it just I don't know. It was it was something I just enjoyed doing. So I won't never stop. So <laughs> as long as I can see and as long as I got my fingers in my hands, I'm, I'm going to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. well, it sounds like a for you, like almost like another kind of act of service. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I would mean, say that. I mean, we we do a lot, man. So we 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 give out free um, free firearm safety classes for youth. So especially like this last past summer, um, we had uh, free youth classes. Then we have we started the first ever free gun lock program through a gun shop. So we give out free gun locks to anybody. You come in there, you you could want, want a, a hundred gun locks. We'll buy them and, and give them away. So any organization come to us, any anyone can come to us, and we 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 will spend the, the money, the time getting getting wherever they need to do it. So we had. I got, a, I got some. I'll yeah. sell you. Yeah, I got a few you can have. A gun, uh, you say gun locks? <laughs> gun locks. Oh, yeah. Well, my thing is, uh, we give them out, sir, because you know if you have children at home, we I don't we really do. You know, I have a I have a big safe. Yeah. So, but we 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 highly encourage everyone to um, keep their firearms safely locked up because. Our goal is basically to eliminate um, unintentional child deaths due to firearms, you know, mishandling of firearms or just uh, intentionally uh, firearms going off. So that's one of the things that we mm-hmm. care about. So anytime my buddy brings his kids over, mm-hmm. everything's locked up. Everything, yeah, like, everything's locked up. All right, got to pick up sixteen guns around the house now, you know, and lock them up. So sixteen. Guns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just me. No. no? This is me. It's <laughs> a rookie number, son. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take a step in the house without the oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the way it should be. Yeah, I agree. So Decepticons, man. You never know. You, you're you're that guy that's got the like the end table that kind of folds up and it's got like seven ARs in it. I don't know what you're talking about. The the armrest <laughs> that flips up and it's got you know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. <man. laughs> I have a couple of shelves in my house. Yeah, uh, uh, armoire. Yeah. That does this. <laughs> I tell you what, man. The Amish make great furniture. That's all I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So let's uh, let's steer it back towards uh, mental health a yes. little bit. So, how are you doing 
now? I'm great. I'm happy. I'm, like I said, I stopped, you know what I'm saying, I, everything from smoking cigarettes, hard alcohol, everything like that. Um, another thing that helped me was starting my business, something I wanted to do always, that I wanted to do, but I could never, you know, have the time for it because I used to drink, you know. From the time I got off of work, I was at the bar until the time my son came home from school. Helped my son with his homework. He played the game. I went in there, watched movies, or kept drinking. That was an everyday occurrence, you know. Um, but once I, like I said, once I stopped doing all that stuff, when I, once I came to to the light, I should say, or came to be, um, life's been incredible. Like you can you can do every, everything once you once you get a hold of that vice that you have in your life, something that's that's holding you down. You you can do anything you want to. So, um, and that's that's with the help of friends. Like I said. That buddy that I had on the fire department that I talked to, I let all that shit that I was bottling up for years, all the all the kids that I saw decapitated, or all the shootings that happened, or the the shootings I saw, or just all the car wrecks, the mangled bodies, and all that shit. That shit ate my ate my soul up. You know that stuff ate ate away at me. I I can remember every single car wreck where someone died in. I could I could I could remember all the bodies that I drunk out of every single house. All that stuff sits with me every day. But I don't think about it because I'm. I used to think about it a lot because of alcohol. Mm-hmm. That booze was helping me remember all that shit because it just. That's what it does. It affects your mind, and once you go, it's a depressant. Mm-hmm. So once you get that depressant inside you, you start thinking about all the depressing things that you that's built up and, and it's locked away in your head. So once I stopped doing that, I stopped thinking about it. You know, if I drink regular beer, I don't think about that that mess. But I guarantee you, if I if I kept on, you know, dealing with alcohol, I would. It's no different than if, if you got cheated on by your wife or someone. Let's say we were at work and one of our wives cheats on us and all that stuff. You gonna go down you gonna go down the rabbit hole. You're gonna start drinking and doing stuff and you're gonna be peed off mad and all that stuff. But if you keep on with that that same cycle of drinking every day, thinking about what, what happened, you're gonna keep on being that type of person. You're gonna keep on being in that box. You have to break away and say, you know what, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep on doing the same things that make me remember all the bad things that I've been through. So that, and that's what had to happen. Yeah. So I had to leave alone. I had to, I had to let alcohol go to get past yeah. uh, that, that well, trauma. So, and I think that's an important, important thing is you have to want to recover. Right. Like you legitimately have to want to be better. You have to want to break away from that cycle. You want to change once you find out that you have a problem because yeah. I didn't know I had a problem at first because I oh, I yeah. just thought it was I thought I was a fireman yeah oh yeah and that's the thing my thing is you you see all the guys around you doing the same thing you're like oh I'm just normal yeah I'm normal because these guys are doing the same they're drinking every day they're fighting every day they're getting into it with their spouses every day they're doing this doing that they're getting divorces all that stuff's no, normal so you thought oh I'm just a normal fireman and that's not a thing. And that's what we had to get out of our heads as firemen is that this is a job. This is a career. This is a profession. But a fireman is just a title. It's not a actual being. Like, it's not a – just because I'm a fireman, they don't, they don't mean I have to be a, a dick. They don't mean I have to be a, you know, a, a, you know, a person that abuses drugs or alcohol or, or, or uh, a fornicator or whatever, whatever you want to say. I don't have to go out there and sleep with a thousand women just because I'm a fireman. And that was the mindset that I had. Was I'm a fireman, so I have to do all these things. I have to. I'm yeah. gonna go out there and get drunk. I'm gonna go sleep with women. I'm gonna go, 
you know, I'm, I'm being bar fights all the time. I'm going to have stories to tell when I get back to work. And they oh, man, I, I, man, I beat these guys. But like that, you know, that's that was the mindset I had. And it's because of the stress that I was having on the job mm-hmm. before the job. I didn't do all that mess. Yeah. It was once I got on the job, you know, that I was in bar. Fight. I was I was literally I got on the job when I was 20. I think I turned 20. I, I think I turned 22 or something like that in the academy. Or, I think I was 22 when I got on the job. Like, I just had started going to bars, you know? So before I got on the job, I wasn't bar fighting or nothing like that, you know? It just it was something that I saw when I got on the job. I was like, oh, this is life. Yeah. This is what we do. And it was because of older guys on the job that already had those problems that was passing it down to uh, – I <laughs> passing it down. Yeah. And we we teach we teach people, we teach our – our new guys, hey, well, never get married or never settle down or never do this. You know, uh, you got to be hard. Don't complain about injuries. There's years mm-hmm. that I got injured on this job, on, on the job, and I never wrote it up. Yeah. From ankle injuries and all that stuff, I found out years later that I fractured my ankle. That I remember I remember when I did it. I remember when I fell down the hill with the Hearst tool and my ankle swelled up and everything like that, and I did not report it. I limped around for weeks. Mm-hmm. But I came to work every single shift. You know, I held, I sucked it in just like a man, you know, and yep. did that, did that. I, I followed in my dad passed. Yep. Because he was the exact same way, yep. you know. But there was a wrong way to do things. Yeah. Dude, that's. It was a wrong way, you know. We, you're telling the same, like, <laughs> we all have. to change. Yeah. yeah. We have a version of that story. I worked yeah. with a broken arm. Yeah. I flipped a four-wheeler in Louisiana and mm-hmm. broke my fucking arm. I came back and didn't miss a day of work. Yeah. I fucking yeah. limped around on one leg for seven yeah. years it's like yo know, because you don't say you're injured you don't want to yeah. you, you're not going to miss the game yeah exactly you got to play right the team needs me exactly and you don't want to just how much pe- damage have we all done to our bodies by working through those injuries a lot a lot my hips a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean how many years ago should have had that surgery <laughs> i mean shit yeah i feel great but dealt with it for years just like your ankle or your yeah. arm or your knee, your knees, back, everything <clears throat> from falling yeah, all, through floors. All, all my back pain was yeah. from my hips. I thought, I thought it was a back injury. Yeah. Or sciatica. Because <laughs> that's what it felt like. Such a funny word. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but how many years did you, did, would you not have to go through the pain you did? If you oh, yeah. Right. Written it up and. Gotta take you care wanna, of it. Don't want to miss work. Don't want to miss the fires. Don't want to miss the guys at the, you know, station. Mm-hmm. Don't want to. Yeah. Be looked, you don't know, to get that reputation. Reputation of always my thing is, yeah. you get injured a lot on this job, and it could be back to back energies from one week spraining your leg and then be like, Oh, I was just like, like, I mean, sprain your ankle. Oh, just a light sprain. I'm not gonna write it up. The next week, you get hit in the head with a one of those little socket <laughs> things out the fire truck. You plug in the you plug in the shoreline, yeah, uh-huh. you might get hit in the, the head the next week, you know, it happens. It happened to me. <laughs> you, should, you should have been on the yeah. rig, not watching that leave. They, oh, they pulled it out to watch the bay. <laughs> they pulled the rig out to watch the bay, and it disconnected, and somehow it got wrapped around the, the bars on the on the, mm-hmm. on the back side, on the, on the turntable and slung off like a whip and hit me, cracked me right in the dead on my, my forehead. I had a big old huge lump. <laughs> That's a new one. Big huge lump on the, on, on my forehead. That's one of those injury reports you look at. You're yeah. like, no. They, they call and, that a million dollar wound. I, I saw stars. <laughs> I saw stars, and it, and oh, it yeah. went and it went black. I saw stars, and I was like, holy crap! And I, I, even though I I put on paper back then, it was paper. You didn't call mm-hmm. in on nothing. Yeah. 
I didn't go. I didn't go see a doctor. You know, I knew I probably had a concussion. That thing hit me hard. I'm talking about hard, but I had and I had a, a ankle sprain also. So when it hit me, I kind of stumbled back, stumbled backwards, and like I wouldn't say re-injured my ankle, but, yeah, it, but you re-aggravated it. I re-aggravated. I'm like, holy crap! But that's back-to-back injury, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I would have wrote that up, now I would have been off for that. And maybe, well, maybe if I would have wrote well, that up, I wouldn't have been at the station for yeah, you know. Yeah, but he, yeah. he murders when I tore my shoulder. Yeah, and how how many days did I work before I was forced to go? Yeah, uh, at least three shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to the point where I couldn't get my arm up to turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. I'm good. It'll get better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Well, and and that's and the, and the thing. And they were letting me. I drove all three yeah. days. Mm-hmm. It's, we, we do it to ourselves and each other because it's, oh, we're going to take care of that guy. Because, and it was the same thing. When I broke my arm, I drove every single shift, mm-hmm. which was fine until you have to connect big yellow to the side of the pump. Yeah. And you can't squeeze anything with one hand. Oh, yeah. I agree. That's a fucking issue. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get water and a fire. But we're taking care of each other. No, we're yeah. not. We're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a learned behavior. It's a taught behavior. You have to like you said, stay in the game. Yeah. You have to pl- play through your injuries, you know, or work through your injuries. And it's um it's it it's a horrible um way to pass down to our, I mean it's, it's just a horrible thing to pass down to our young firemen yeah well the job that you have to suck everything we're, we're up. talking about physical injuries yeah, but even yeah. emotional and, stuff and, and, but it, it's it, it, go, it, it bleeds in, it to bleeds that. in. You, yeah. you cannot teach the young firemen you have to suck up everything yeah oh laugh it off because that's what they used to tell us well you go back to the station talk about it and just laugh about it like you get prone to just laughing about things that actually hurts mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. we perfect instance um we had a young child get ran over by a dumpster, a dump truck, right? And everyone left that day. Everyone at the station left that day, except for me, myself, and one of my, my best, one of my, be- my best friends, basically at the fire station. He, we stayed because he wanted to leave too. I wanted to leave also, but we was like, we can't, we cannot, um, basically leave the citizens of you know our city here without protection. If we leave, if everyone leaves in the station and they can't hire anybody from our station, that leaves a void. You know, I said we can't do it. We're this is our job. We're going to see bad stuff. Even though I said that, though, I was still hurting inside. It was it was a messed up thing to see a, a little young child like that. And I know my friend was he was messed up also, right? There was nothing after that though. The job didn't step up. We didn't have no action after review. We didn't have no. Um, pure support no one didn't come to the station talk to anyone we just we had to deal with ourselves but there was only two people at the station until they hired more people we just sat there and just looked at each other like dang that was a messed up call it was a messed up call and the job was not there for us to even handle some they just say that basically they said go home to your family members you get the day off well you can't do that i mean you can't See, I don't I, understand why everybody left because my thing is we everyone on this job see stuff every shift just about. You can't just go home. This is our job, you know? Yeah. But my thing is you need to have more. They could have we could have sat down and had like a discussion over it and said, Hey, mm-hmm. does anyone need to talk to someone? You yeah. know, or anything, those, you know? those are called debriefs. Yeah. And the the police departments, most of the police departments are much better about doing that stuff. And usually it's a typical, typically it's several days later and they'll bring everybody in. They do a debrief. We don't do that on the fire department. We don't. 
It's just like we're just supposed to suck it up. Yeah. And that was that's the big issue. You take a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old that comes right out of high school, you put them on this, uh, on this job, of course they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I know it's going to be EMS. We're going to see nasty stuff. We're going to see death and all this stuff. But you're not really ready for it yeah. until it happens. You don't. Yes, you see a, a 90-year-old person that you have to do CPR on. You're like, oh, they're the end of their life. Okay, it might be like, ah, dang, that's kind of messed up. But when you see a little kid with their head cut off or something like that, or a little kid squashed like a bug, or just all type of stuff, you're not ready for that. Yeah. That we're human beings, you know? Yeah. And that affects people. different. It affects everyone differently, mm-hmm. you know? Because someone could, could relate that person to their a family member because that's that's what happened to us like we both had children at that time or 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 family members that looked exactly like that little boy you know and that's why it touched everyone that's why it touched a lot of people you know and it just i don't know it just this job can be difficult sometimes and we don't have the resources to to um basically like lend a helping hand to to each other to to, it's it's to, definitely better than help, what it was. You know? and there's a lot of people that don't know the resources that we have. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah, we do have resources, but it's not. But it's not enough. It's, it's not enough. Yeah. Well, it's, here's we're, my we're still, thing. We're still in that infancy right. stage and still building. Where the we resources be. that we do have and that a lot of departments have, yeah, there, there's more than there was in the past. Mm-hmm. We can all agree on that. No. The problem that I have and the thing that I see is they are not activated. Yeah. Like, it's, it's almost like, okay, hey- Guys, or you, or you we, don't know how to activate we, it. We have these resources here. It should be automatic. Yeah. It shouldn't need somebody from the crew to call this person who then has to call this person who then has to call this person for something to happen. It should be the leadership because you know they listen. Right. They hear all of that stuff of, oh, they ran a bad call. Mm-hmm. I know that. I'm in the chief's office. They should, they should automatically activate it. It should automatically be, hey, we're going to go check on them. We're gonna bring such and such with us. Because if you don't, that leads back to us. Re- remember being raised like a man, yeah, and not and holding everything in. We're not going to tell you that we need help, yeah. So that's why it needs to be activated, yeah. You know, primarily I, by the upper, the higher ups, or someone that's in charge. Because well, and I think the workers are not going to do it themselves. Yeah. So, but here's here's the deal. Obviously, we we can't rely on admin to do that kind of stuff. But it should be their job. It should be their job. It is their but job. They're dropping the ball, right? Right in departments all over the country, they're dropping the ball. So what needs to happen? Senior leaders mm-hmm. like yourself, company officers, company officers, yeah. and senior firefighters yeah. need to take the initiative and start being leaders and yeah. doing those type of things. Like if something happens that's messed up, you run a bad call, something like that. If you're a driver, yeah. you go to your. If your captain doesn't say anything. You go to your cabinet. Hey, look, we need to do this. Yeah, this is what needs to happen now You're right. for for these guys. Yeah. And then peer support cap- group they, they work. Yeah, they peer do support group. They work. I think you're you're sitting down with some like basically a group of people that's been through the same thing you've been through. That has the same pain. That has the same everything. Like there's a, there's a lot of times where you sit there and you cry with the the guys in the group together <laughs> and let that that mess out. Yeah. And that's what it takes, because if you don't, it's just going to build up, build up, build up, and then it's going to it's it's just going to end bad. We have a lot of guys that we know that we've been with that committed suicide, 
after all the years of the, 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 the bullshit and all the calls they ran and the, the, the shit that happens at home, it's not just the station stuff. No, there's real we, life too. There's real life. We had to deal with at home also. And my thing is if you're, if you're messed up already because of station life, you can't deal with what's at home, what's going on at home. Cause you still have to worry about, we all have basically wives, you know, or girlfriends and they're emotional too. And they want us to be there as an emotional support. And we can't be there for our damn selves. And that's the problem is that we need, we need something as, I'm not just saying that just, you know, men firemen, but women firemen also, we need something to combat that mental, you know, um, that, that emotional hurt, I should say, that we get from calls. And that's what it's, that's what it builds. I'm not talking about just running 18, you know, EMS calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just screwed up. You're not going to go home and beat your wife or go kill yourself because you didn't ran too many calls. You know, it's the call that you just cannot stop thinking about. You know, that, that call where that father then shot his mom and wife and daughter and all this stuff. You just see kids laying out everywhere. Those calls you never forget. Yeah. Well, you know? and I will say this, though. You run that call, yeah, and that's call number eighteen. Yeah, so you're already sleep deprived. You're right. I mean, it all plays a factor. Yeah, yeah. And we, we've talked about it a bunch. And I mean, I know you've seen it since you've been on the job. What's our call volume done in the past ten, fifteen For years? EMS go up. EMS has went up a yeah. lot, a lot. And it's all. It's mostly it's it's mental illness stuff. A lot that's of it. a lot of his mental mm-hmm. illness. There's not there's not a lot. We don't we're not. I don't. I, I haven't seen because I I got off the ambulance a long time ago. But <laughs> trucks don't run him. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them truckmen rest, yes, man. I mean, we, we still get our we still get our our cardiac arrest and all that stuff. Uh, cardiac arrest, normal just BS calls. But a lot of it is mental illness. Mm-hmm. A lot of our it's crazy people that need help. You know, not even crazy. I shouldn't say that word. It's mental illness. And my thing is, it, it needs to be treated. And that's what we fall short on, not even on the fire department, but United society, society, society wise. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't talk about it. Don't want to talk about it and don't want and don't want to do. You don't want to pull that curtain well, back. No one wants to step up and do is. what's right. I just it, told you, bring it, back the hospitals. And and that's, here's the, here's the know? thing, though. <laughs> I don't think it's that nobody wants to talk about it because I think it's getting talked about. I think it's just getting talked about in the wrong way. Like, you know, I'm sure you both both heard the saying of it's okay to not be okay, right? And we've talked about it on this show, right? That's true. But what's not okay is not treating. Is not treating. Not getting help. Exactly. You you have to address it. It's just like, and I don't know if you got the same speech whenever you came through the academy that we did about putting your emotions in a shoebox and you can have them back when you get home from work, but you don't bring them to work with you. Something like it. Yeah. You got a yeah. version of that right, speech, yeah. right? Don't, yeah. Don't take it home. Yeah. Leave it at the station. Yeah. So that's a, that's a version, a half-assed incomplete version of compartmentalization. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how we've been talking about mental health mm-hmm. in this country for a while now is, yeah, it's okay to not be okay. Okay. Well, that's only part of the conversation. Yeah. The other part is you got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Seek help. Yeah. You know. It, we're we're very good at having half conversations. Mm-hmm. We got to have the full conversation. Right. And I don't know if it's social media or just the way our society has shifted, but we don't. You know, nobody like, wants to have the hard conversation. Nobody wants to have offensive. the long conversation. 
it, everybody yeah, it, wants a, a five second sound bite. Well, yeah, there's that too. But you know, if you have that long conversation, it's going to be hard. Right. You're going to piss people off. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're definitely going to offend people. And it shouldn't be. And that then way. you get canceled. Thing about it is, a you lot of people everything. instead of going towards, I mean, going like going towards like social media and trying to put out something like that's, you know, to a bigger population. People need to start at home. People need to start with their kids, their husband, their wives, their their close friends, you know, their family members, because that's where it starts. It starts. Everything starts at home. Yeah. You know, it's hard to talk to someone at work. And be like, oh, man, I see. I see you've been down lately, man. Uh, What's going on? They're like, who the fuck are you? You know, like I don't I don't I'm not going to share my business with someone at work. But if you have a close friend of yours, say, hey, man, uh, man I've been seeing you. You've been going through a lot lately, man. Uh, I'm here or. You know, I'm. I'm uh, I, I've been seeing you going through a lot lately. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's sit down. Let, hey, come on. I'm, I'm taking you out to dinner. I'm taking you out to lunch. Let's talk. Whatever's on your mind, get it off your chest and all that stuff. Because I see that you're going downhill. I see that something's going on with you. You know your family. You know your friends. You know. You know that there's something that's not right with them. And it's always after the, they hurt themselves or hurt someone else. You're like, ah, I wish I would have said something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I would have. Said it was okay to tell me anything, or I wish I would just went on, went over there and talked to him. It's too late. And my thing is, we started at home. We're, we're a lot of people are so worried about social media and getting on there and saying, "Oh, I want to show people what I know," and I'm gonna put this out to, to everyone. And they forget about it at home first. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the United States. As we're we're sitting here, we're too busy helping so many other people outside the United States. We have people here that need help. That that needs help. From homeless to mental illness, everything, you know, and all the trillions and billions of dollars that we're sending overseas could be used right directly here to help everyone. Even so, a, um, even a fraction, even of a fraction that money of it, yes, yeah. would right. would go a long way yeah. to fixing a lot of a these lot issues. Of stuff. So, and what, what was it? Michael Jackson said, "If you want to make a change, look at the man in the mirror. Start with the man in the mirror. <laughs> there you go." So. It, I don't disagree with you. I no. I agree with you 100%. But what I will tell you, what I have found, whenever you talk about changing culture, mm-hmm. like especially within like the fire service or anything like that, it's there's a saying, it's hard to be a prophet in your hometown. Mm-hmm. And that's a saying because it's true. Right. And we had uh, Rick Booker on the podcast. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book. Um Great dude, but he does all these speaking engagements, does all this stuff talking about all of the things that he went through on the, you know, being in the fire service. They won't give him the time of day at his department that he spent over 20 years at. They just don't want to hear it. And maybe it's just too close or whatever, but it's... Sometimes it takes an outside perspective and an outside source for people to make that change. Right. But proactive, not they're, they're reactive, not proactive. Yeah. Basically, they're waiting to someone hurt themselves to say, you know what, we need to step up and let, let's bring let's bring someone on or let's bring someone in to talk to these guys. Yeah. Because they need they they actually need help. Yeah. And that's our society. So it's yeah. Well, it's and difficult. that's. That's the fire service in general. Everything right. we do is reactive. Right. Well, then you start getting and, into the image, and you don't mm-hmm. want your image tar- tarnished by not doing anything when something happens. Yeah. So 
now we have now we're being our hand is forced. Where if you would have just done it to begin with, your image is fine. We and time, we could have saved lives, some lives maybe. You know, oh, you mean like what I was talking about earlier about implementing programs for mental health and physical fitness and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, pay yourself on the back. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not often that I get to, you know, throw something back in his face a little right. bit, but, you know, I'm going to take the opportunity to say, I told you so. So he, he can't really reach because he doesn't stretch. He just works out. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. That's funny. It's like Jeremy scratched back your head. He's like, I can't. I'm so massive and huge <laughs> that I can't get back there. It's, dude, it's not my fault. It's always somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Green, 101. Pass the buck. I stretch <laughs> a lot. Not as much as I should, though. I don't think any of us do. Yeah. I will say that I did. I went to uh, this place called Stretch Zone where you have like other people. It's assisted stretching. Mm. So you actually have like a physical therapist like stretch you and stuff. It was fantastic. But that was my favorite part of physical therapy after surgery was them. Yeah. Because my hips were locked. After each one, they were locked. And the stretching was awesome. Yeah. Having somebody who's, who's professionally trained in it, it's completely different. Yeah. Well, and they can just get you into like positions where you're actually doing it right and not mm -hmm. half-assing it. So I could definitely tell the difference. Like my right leg was a lot better. Or having that little bottle opener tool they've got. Is that like Graston? Graston tool. Yeah. yeah. That thing's awesome. Hurts like a mother, but yeah, when it's done, you're like, yes. Well, it breaks up all the fascia. Yeah. So. Didn't feel too good on the hip though. No, it it kind of sucks. <laughs> or in the score where the, when the when the incision is healed and they like, all right, scar tissue time. I'm like, hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and head on home. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have a good day. <laughs> so count me out. Yeah. So count me out today, please. Yeah. Yeah. Not like you can get out that quick when you're right. on still. <laughs> <laughs> on a walker with yeah, his tennis right. balls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did have one of those too. Oh, I know. It worked. Mm -hmm. They sucked. <laughs> you know your armpits get raw from all the crutches, man. You got to switch switch it up. Hey man, or that the motion machine when it would stretch you out, it all those bend my knee back and forth in my hip. Thing was awesome. See, I wish I would have had that whenever I had my original knee surgery, but yeah. that, I, they, it I, wasn't even a thing back in '95. So I'm pretty sure now with the knee surgery, you get one of those too. Yeah, yeah. Everybody that I know that's had the that's same great. surgery, the ACL surgery that I had. In fact, I don't even know that they do that one anymore. But like, it's within. I guess they wake up in recovery with their leg and that fucking machine yep. moving. I did. Open my hips. So. Thing was, like I said, they're great. Start breaking that scar tissue up. I think you heal better. <clears throat> Definitely have more flexibility and mobility quicker. But, because it was like a week and I was already at the max. Just six hours a day. That's the only part that sucked. <laughs> That's a long time, seems like. But, you know, <clears throat> I'd break it up. I'd, you got to a point where I would go to sleep in it. I mean, if you can sleep in that thing, I mean, you slept when you could because yeah, lean on your you couldn't lay on your side or your stomach; you'd lay on your back all day and all night, or sit in the chair. So it sucked. So yeah. you slept when you got it, and usually that thing put me to sleep. You could do two hour increments, you could do three, you could do four, yeah, you could do however you want as long as you got six hours in that twenty four hours. So what's next for you, DJ? 
What's next for the for the shop, or um, what do you got planned? So my plan right now, um, since our range burnt up, you know, <laughs> of getting to find a new range, find a new home for Franklin Firearms to do our training, um, do all our classes. Well, we do our classes in the shop, but we really like to find a place to call home mm-hmm. uh, for our range. Um, up north. Wouldn't it be up north. I mean, up north. it takes it takes a little while to get here. <laughs> which, which this wasn't yeah, I bad. Know. It takes a while to get to. <laughs> this wasn't bad, but um, we're, we are looking out south, which I guess is it's about the same. It's about thirty minutes both ways from the shop. Uh, but I just grew up out south, so I know it's the kind air, of the air's cleaner up here. I, it is. Yeah. You can tell when you got. It looked really good up here. It's really <laughs> how bright it was. You're like, it's so bright. It's, it's. I saw birds. Yeah, you don't have birds out south. You know, <laughs> you cross that river, and all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm really happy. So, yeah. so <laughs> just so you know, DJ, there's a house right around right. the corner that's for sale right now. So right. I'm just I'm there, throwing that I, out there. There's a house in my neighborhood that's for sale. See, mm-hmm. I, I, I do like it up here. I just. I did not, you know, grow up out here. I mean, up, up here, I should say. And I don't know. I'm just so used to out south. So yeah. the streets, same thing for it going. I wouldn't live south. Yeah, because I lived up here my whole most yeah. of my life. So just and it's fun. I mean, we have cornfields too down there. They're a little dingy. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the corn. The corn's not as good. Taste it's, it's not as sweet. You know, <laughs> I have sweet corn up here. We have we have sour corn. Yeah. I don't know if y'all ever had it before. Um, <laughs> I no, <laughs> I will. I will say this though, for the the south part of the city is it's easier to get out of the city, mm-hmm. like especially for like you know because I do off roading and stuff, and yeah. so I'm always headed south, south. for yeah. the most part. Mm-hmm. So I got to drive all the way through the city. Yeah, and that's an hour trip mm-hmm. before I even get anywhere. Right. You know, and yeah. it's like if I live south, but I I tried whenever we bought this house. Yeah. And my wife flat refused it, to look nice. at it. It's nice up here. Yeah. It's really nice. And they're building new schools up here. And yeah. I mean, new school becomes like new teachers, new curriculum, all that stuff. It's just, I, I like it's the, not I like the, all it's cracked out to be, I can tell you from experience. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ideal of moving up here. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I've ever, ever moved up north though. So. Yeah, I don't blame you. But if, if I find some, some nice property up here, I, I wouldn't um, basically dismiss the, uh, or you, you know you have you, know, you have two you double your money yeah I mean yeah so th- my plan is to have three gunshots before I move to Florida or either Texas whatever I move at you know Texas so I have I have about a six year plan hopefully it works out it was five but I had a you know this year ain't working out right now <laughs> so basically it's six years from now not five years so <laughs> um, but hopefully I'll have two more shops up and running so one out south I'm already out east so one out south one up north. So, yeah, I, I don't mind helping out with the one up north. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be all firemen ring, ring. So I only trust firemen. I trust firemen over family. So my thing is, I, I trust the guys I worked with for years, you know, because I'm not, I'm with them every three days. I'm not with my no. family, you know, extended family for every three days. You know, yeah. I see them yeah. every couple of months, maybe every couple of years. And that's why I choose firemen over family. So. Yeah, because firemen are my family. The ones I work with, at least you know. Yeah. So not everyone is family. Just let y'all know. So here in a few months, I'm out. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got an idea for you—a a business proposition. Yeah. Like if you do move your your stuff to Texas, yeah. Aerial hog hunting. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out yeah. there. So my thing. So I actually was talking to someone. I think I was talking to you yesterday yeah, about we, the, the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. 
So my thing is, I want to get my pilot license. So especially for a helicopter and basically small like prop planes. So, yeah, yeah. So that will be on the list of some things that I'll, I I want to do. Services you could so, provide yes. down there. Now, if it, if it, if it, let's see, if it, if I have to choose between arrow hunk, uh, hog hunting and having my explosive license and doing tanks, I'm gonna choose tanks. <laughs> Just the money, just the money. And it takes money to do everything. If it takes tanks. You mean, I would, I would, tanks. I would do tanks before I get my pilot's license because. Sir, I'll get my. I'll teach myself how. To, I'll <laughs> teach myself how to drive tanks. I don't need someone <laughs> to teach me. I just have to spend the money to get the the license for the explosives. To the the, the explosives license, see. So yeah, um, that's one of my big goals is to have every license for everything. I need to have everything. How much does a See? tank cost? Oh, and where do you even buy a tank? So, I mean, so the the cheapest tank I've seen was like four hundred thousand. Uh, it's online. You get them shipped here, just like everything else. So you get them shipped. It's, in. On, it's on Amazon. No, it's not. <laughs> so there's actually websites that you can you can buy a tank. You could and you could buy. So the United States government would not sell anyone inside United States tanks. You actually have to go overseas, purchase them. We don't have to go overseas, but go over online, find the company overseas. Purchase it and they'll ship it here for you. So basically, it wouldn't be like I wouldn't say it would be like demilled. I should say, but it basically, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't like the the turret. Yeah, would not be able to fire. You have to actually get a mechanic go in and make it work. And as long as you have the the license for the ammunition, you can shoot it. So, because it's it's not illegal to own a tank. You can own a tank. You can yeah. own a tank right now without yeah. a license. If you have the money, you could buy a tank. Period. The thing about it is getting the ammo for the tank. Yeah. So normal machine guns that's that's you know that's equipped you know on a tank that's easy to get the ammo for. It's the ammunition that goes out the big tourist <laughs> that go boom. <laughs> the ones that explode. So I'll get I don't my, care I'll what anybody says. License. We still live in the greatest country in the world. We do. We do. We do. We do. Yes. So see, we start the business for the hog hunting, and we partner up. Yes. Yep. So I mean, you get the helicopters. I mean, you ever flown in a helicopter and watched the, them fly it? No, that shit's complicated. It's it's both hands and both feet working at the same time. That's not that's not bad. I, I could I think I could do that. I, I think I broke my ankle before, and um, well, I had to use my other foot to control st- shit like like for like months. I don't know, like like they get the pedal. I, I think I could feet do go on, and yes. each one does one, and then each yeah. hand does something. The rotor, else. Yeah, left, right, left, right, yeah. and then yeah. you're yeah, I could do that. But if I if I get if I get a pilot's license for a helicopter, I want to get trained by a guy who flew in Vietnam because they're insane. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that's a ride. <laughs> yeah. And for a hog hunt, like all right, I'm going to tilt this thing all the way to the right. I want to be taught by Murdoch, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I want um, that guy teaching me. Uh, all right, they're going to tell you they you can't do this. But you can. But watch. <laughs> you can. Yes. Yeah, I think it would be nice though to to have something like that. Yeah. Cuz there's yeah. people there's people in the United States that that have all those things. You know? So, and it's it's absolutely legal to have. You know? So, yes, you have to pass background checks and all that stuff, which is normal, but I think it'd be neat, you know, and necessary. I mean, <laughs> So, what? That begs the question. What What would you do with it? Like, I mean, or practice? I'll get good at it. I'll be one of the best tank drivers in the nation. 
and um, I would I have would, fun. Then we'll start competitions. I wouldn't. I, I, what I would do is I wouldn't let no one know I would have. Like you guys probably know. <laughs> My buddies. Well, I will say this: if I did start acquiring tanks, I would turn to a business, a business thing where right. I'll let people come down, drive the tanks around the course, mm-hmm. and then pull up to a basically a range, a, a tank range, and shoot shoot off. But it, it costs money. You know, yeah, that's kind of so, what I was getting yeah. at. Is how are you oh, yeah. gonna turn that into a business? Oh yeah, it's, oh yeah, I already got yeah. my business yeah. plan already made. Like, yeah. <laughs> you could ask. So there's guys you know we work with. All right, ladies, there's there's people that I. Then you let, have a mechanic on staff too. Though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Decent you have, mechanic. You have people that that are close to you that you let invest, and you always try to help out your family or friends and try to get them in early. This is like. If I owned Tesla when Tesla was nothing, it would be all my friends that were there with me building this company up. And that's what I'm about. So uh, I'm real big on just brotherhood, you know, family, brotherhood, and just building community. So anyone that surrounds myself or surrounds me with them, and I do the same, it's just we're, we're brothers. So, yeah. And we all supposed to lift each other up mentally and physically, you know, like like, hey, man, like, you know. If something's going wrong, we're supposed to be there for each other, you know. So that's 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 what brotherhood should be. Yeah. So. Yep. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Final right thoughts. Oh, uh, I got something. Um, sure. So, uh, I just want to state this real quick that talking the mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so, um, help is available for people that's out there that's having emotional issues, uh, mental or physically, you know. Um, I always talk to someone, you know, uh, fr- family, friends, even close coworkers could be, uh, could lend a helping hand or a helpful thought, you know, but, um, I always say this is, uh, we have a, there is a suicide and crisis, uh, lifeline. They used to call it hype, uh, a hotline. Now it's a lifeline. And, um, you could call 988 now instead of calling a 1-800 number. So anyone could dial 988 from their cell phone and get linked to someone quickly. You actually get linked to someone quicker than you do if you call 911 for help. So uh, 988 is the text number and then, I mean, the the call number, and then you could text 988 also, and someone will text you back. So and that's for suicide. That's for you having crazy thoughts, Uh, not just suicide, but any any type of um, thoughts of hurting, harming yourself or other people. Or if you're just lonely and you're just down, if you need someone to talk to, because that leads to having emotional issues also, that number's there for you. So, there you go. Yeah. Yep. I believe it. We'll leave it with that. <clears throat> we will leave it with that. God damn it. <clears throat> we will leave it with that. There we go. Got it out. Got it out. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you guys <laughs> for inviting me on today. Well, so, thanks for coming, DJ. Hey, I no appreciate problem. Appreciate it, man. No problem. This was, this, this was really good. Fantastic. Yes, sir. Do it again. You know, I, yeah. I would love to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, we'll absolutely. pack up all the stuff, and then we'll travel oh, no, to I'll, your shop. It's not. <laughs> hey, look, we, we can host it in the shop one day. So, okay, I would love to do a podcast over a uh, gungeon, uh, like um, basically like um, like a safety mm-hmm. deal and all that stuff. And yeah, like just a podcast over. Yeah. We talk safety. Yeah, some of us went through the course. Yeah, have our certification. Yeah. <laughs> Gun safety. And, you know, so this is my safety. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeremy's not allowed to be in the business. <laughs> He's the guy we're tackling at the range. He's like, hey, quit doing stupid shit, right. asshole. It's, it's, I yeah. mean, you don't just 
wave it around. Oh, yeah. You can't flag people. But no, yeah. no desk yeah. pops. No. <laughs> well, maybe if, if your desk is in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, if you are struggling, reach out. There are resources out there for you. Uh, he just told you one. There's links in the show notes for him. Um, if you know somebody that's struggling, reach out. Let them know you care. Um, let them know what the resources are. And thanks again for DJ uh, coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And thanks for Chris here and actually being engaged today. It was uh, refreshing as he sets texting for the last time. And uh, Facebook, yeah. Facebook. Fa- Facebook Marketplace. Facebook. Yeah, I was, I was going to see if they selling their guns. <laughs> so, so we can pick some up cheap here and have some yeah. fun. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you next time.